0: Alright guys, guess
1: what? There's only one place where you can get a true Colorado Mountain Pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, and unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is... Bojo's is the only answer. Their dough is made fresh daily, contains locally sourced honey. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family. Huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore. Colorado beer on tap, including Breck Brews, of course, and your favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's also has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations, also gluten-free options and plant-based options as well. Bojo's, there's nothing more important to them than their community, which is why they're always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising cause, host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They also are offering this holiday season special pint glass koozies that make for Great stocking stuff we for past Christmas, just great gifts. That also comes with a $5 gift card. Check out their website today, bojos.com, B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com, and tell them who sent you. Can
0: you feel it harrison i can feel it baby (laughs) are you feeling the funk this was incredible this was the best night of the year easily hands down the best denver nuggets game of the entire season and it might be the best game and i guess going back all the way to the playoffs but tonight i put this on twitter tonight was the first time i actually like screamed of joy not of anger like actually uncontrollably screamed at my screen (laughs) i'm imagining
1: you in your man cave of a basement with with all three tvs on the same game going absolutely (laughs) wild no but i mean you're totally right man this game was as fun of just some of those really memorable games from last year we haven't had a lot of games like this so
0: it felt like a moment yeah it felt like a thing was happening
1: it did you know like it, if, it, it did
0: i don't know that i don't know that january 2nd 2020 is going to be a date like december 15th 2017 or anything like that but maybe it's just 2020 <laughs> maybe we just think that this this next piece this next phase of nuggets basketball began on to the year 2020 because that's how monumental this 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 felt and we're, we're going to get into all of the details about this this is of course the DNBR nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's, our brand new sponsor. How do you illegal Pete? How often do you eat illegal Pete's? Harrison? Oh man!
1: So when I was working downtown, I used to go to the illegal Pete's on Sixteenth <laughs> and Blake, probably yeah. two times a week at least.
0: <laughs> so I mean, I
1: I've, I've ate illegal Pete's so much throughout
0: the years, college, high school. I pretty much grew up on it, so. I don't know if we're supposed to have favorite sponsors, but this is my, <laughs> this is my favorite sponsor. I love all of our sponsors. <laughs> Me too. Uh, it's like pick, it's yeah. sort of like picking your your children, but this yeah. one, the, gold, the golden child. No, uh, you're going to want to check them out. The best burritos, tacos, nachos. Just like with Breck beer. If you hit up Illegal Pizza, especially before or after game because they're giving away free draft beer, free margar- uh, margarita when you purchase a full-size entree, so if you're there for that, you're going to want to, uh, like, shoot us a photo or something like that. We'll post it on, on Twitter. Um, but they are fantastic partner. I've been waiting for this partnership for a while. I've been sitting on it in secrecy. But here we are, the year 2020. This is like, you know, the, the MP, MPJ to our Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yes. A, a dynamic duo is born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael Porter Jr. And, MP and Illegal Pete, both breaking onto the scene at the same time. In today's episode of the NBR Nuggets podcast, we're going to start out by talking about MPJ. Um, not, we're gonna Obviously, we'll talk little bits about the game, but this is going to be mostly about what we saw tonight from Michael Porter Jr. And then in segment two, we'll, we'll step back and look at the game as a whole. There was a lot of, I think, other interesting things to talk about in this one. And then lastly, it, this might feel a little you know a little premature or grandiose or whatever but i I don't, I don't care i think it's i think we can sort of step back and talk maybe a little bit more big big picture about you know what does this change about the nugget season and about their just outlook going forward so um should be a really really fun episode but let's start harrison just what st- stood out to you the most about michael porter jr's performance tonight
1: well it's probably in the third quarter when you know he had a pretty solid first half but he's had those stretches before and then in the third quarter I think he scored 10 straight points by himself like he scored <laughs> he, like he was responsible for you know the Nuggets 10 point uh little run there and the Nuggets were calling plays for him you know th- yeah. they were looking for him every time down the floor and for most of the season MPJ has just kind of been the spot up guy in the perimeter he's been like the standstill three-point shooter and, and in that third quarter, when he was just red hot, when he was sizzling from the field, I mean, they were looking to get the ball to him everywhere on the floor, in the post, on the wing. Uh, they were calling plays he for him. He looked
0: like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just like if you just never had watched the Nuggets before you'd be like oh, okay so that's the team's best player right <laughs> I mean, that's what he looked like tonight right so real quick his stat line twenty five points five rebounds one assist one turnover three fouls he was a plus thirteen he was eleven of twelve from the field eleven of twelve the crazy he missed one shot the crazy thing is we've seen that before he went eight of ten against Sacramento. You know, you know, and I, I just kept thinking like, okay, he'll never do that again. You know, we got the, we got the hot game from him. Yeah, he'll be a hotter cold guy. He might be. I mean, look. But now that we have an, a game almost back to back, eight of ten, and then eleven of twelve, uh, he was two of three from the three point line. He did miss a free throw, only one of two from the foul line. This was, you know, MPJ as you mentioned, he's had a couple good games, especially recently. But this to me felt like the breakout MPJ game that we've been waiting for and it was i mean this was
1: vintage mpj you know if you've watched (laughs) it if if you've watched this guy you know before he got to the nuggets where he hasn't really played a lot before he got to the nba and drafted coming up through high school through the aau ranks what he did tonight on the floor he's been doing for the last five six years the step backs uh the offensive rebounding just getting to his spots really getting off any type of shot he wants with like the unblockable shot that he has, like the stuff he did tonight, that was a throwback to uh, the guy who was regarded as the number one prospect coming
0: up in high school. Yeah, he was, it was, it was absolutely insane. Just how, um, how many different types of shots he was able to hit. That's what stands out to me is, I mean, the step back three, obviously we're going to talk about that. He had a ridiculous, he was feeling it at that point. That was almost a heat check. Mm-hmm. Um, third quarter, he's inside the three-point line by about two steps, and he does his I, – I guess this would probably be his patented move when, at, at this point, wouldn't you say, that sort of sidestepping step back? Well, it's
1: always been his patented move. Like, go watch yeah. his mixtapes from high school. That's something he's always had in
0: his bag. Once he gets the, uh, pat, that he starts knocking that one down, the like step back, shot fake, and then foul, is, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's the annoying harden move, but it's going to work. Like, it's going <laughs> to, he's going to have that in his arsenal. But that shot to me, there's just not very many guys that can even take that shot, you know, that even feel comfortable about it. And he was just in such a rhythm that as soon as he went to it tonight, I was like, oh my God, that's in, isn't it? Like, as soon as it left his fingertips. Yeah.
1: If you can pull that clip up, if you're listening at home, freeze the video when he goes into that step back when he's pushing off on that right leg and then freeze it again when he's actually shooting from three and he he must
0: cover (laughs) like six seven feet on that step back alone yeah is it absolutely incredible and then it wasn't just that though there was you know obviously the offensive rebounds have become a big part of his game he didn't have any uh today but he was just always around the basket like just making things happen and then so some cuts Some transition baskets. He had a tough sort of um, like reverse, you know, where he over two guys, he had to like just hang in the air for forever and put some English on the uh, on the basketball. And then um, he just had and then he had a great drive. I think maybe the best one that step back is the most impressive, like in a vacuum. But the one that was maybe most impressive to me was the one where he almost goes out of bounds, kind of bobbles the ball picks it up, there's about three sec, only about three seconds left on the clock, and he's at the sideline outside the wing, beyond the three-point line, and I'm thinking, okay, three seconds left, he's going to shoot a prayer three. Instead, he like is patient, takes his time, and gets all the way to the basket for sort of a running bank shot, and it was just one of those plays where it's like, man, this dude's feel for how to score the basketball is off the charts. The way Jokic sees the court for passing angles, that's how Michael Porter Jr. sees it for scoring angles. He just he has a nose for how to score in all all kinds of different ways.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And and I kind of hit on this a couple minutes ago, but I think we noticed this when he got that first start against Sacramento, but you know since then it seems like things have really slowed down for him. He's just playing so much more confidently and you know he's like looking to create. He's like looking to attack. He he's not just a recipient and a catch and shoot guy. He, he's looking to get into the teeth of the defense and yeah, we saw that tonight. That was how a couple of his best plays developed.
0: Oh my gosh, it was it was absolutely insane. Um, just just how, the the wide array and then the confidence. I, I think with MPJ, we we've talked about this, Harrison. But there he was missing some of his shots, and, and I actually I think I said this on this show two weeks ago. He was missing some of his shots really bad, like short left. He had that air ball three pointer a couple games back, or you know, eight games back or so. And I remember thinking, like, his confidence is rattled, and I don't blame him. He'd go in for five minutes and come out, and I don't blame Malone either. This was just the battle MPJ has to face this year was that inconsistency of minutes and having to prove himself and earn and and whatever. But I noticed in, in garbage time when he would get in, His shot all of a sudden became pure again and he looked like an elite scorer, albeit against, you know, second, third stringers and no pressure and whatever. And I was thinking, man, this guy just doesn't have the confidence right now. His confidence is gone and it's making him not quite a shooter. Uh, Our good friend and colleague Matt Moore was even questioning whether or not he was a shooter, like, you know, kind of the wancho syndrome right now where it's like, oh, yeah, he's good because he can shoot, but if you can't, but are we sure he can consistently Mm -hmm. shoot? Well, MPJ, it's very clear to me, and I think Malone has started to go out of his way to sort of express co- faith in Michael Porter Jr. and try to just give him confidence, even if it doesn't seem completely – we can kind of question whether Michael Malone truly believes him. I think Michael Malone is, gets an ulcer every time Michael Porter Jr. is on the court on the defensive end. But he's trying to give him confidence, and I just think over the last four games or so since that start, it is so clear that Michael Porter Jr.'s confidence is on a whole nother level. And I
1: think you got to give Malone some credit for that, and – We've talked a lot this season about, you know, are the Nuggets doing the right thing with giving Porter only a couple minutes here and there and, and really making him earn these minutes or, you know, should he have just gotten minutes from, from the get-go? And I feel like we settled on, you know, we should probably trust the organization, trust Michael Mullen because like he's been in situations where he's made guys earn minutes before and it's worked out in the long run. And he Malone said this a couple games ago. I think it was after the Sacramento game. But when Porter looks back on this experience, when he's old and gray, he's going to be glad that the road back, the road back to the starting lineup, the road back to significant minutes was a tough one. And I think it's good and that he thought it was going to make him a better play in the long run. And I, I would agree. I think it was the best thing for him. And um, yeah, I just look at how this situation has developed. And think the nuggets have really handled another tough situation pretty well
0: I, I agree and it's so hard to be patient i think for fans i'm sure it was hard for the front office and for their ownership and and michael malone and even his teammates we knew will barton has talked about you know itching to see him play um but i am with you i do think that there's a real value to sort of the way that the nuggets have brought him along i mean l- let's be we're talking about his confidence with his shot and how it's such a great thing but there's a flip side to that confidence that I keep it's, – it's maybe the, the single thing I paid closest attention to with MPJ is that he's so shot ready and he's so willing to take tough shots. And that right now is a good thing because he's playing within himself. But that's – there's a razor's edge between being always being shot ready and being a guy that just shoots too much. And I think that with Denver sort of putting him in a box – to start the season and slowly opening sort of the door for him to to spread his wings to me that's the right that's the right way and I haven't thought really at all that MPJ is chucking shots or being too aggressive looking for his shot and to me that's that's a huge victory from alone because we know that was one of the issues coming out of high school was that this was a dude that liked to shoot 25 times per game.
1: Definitely, and this might be kind of getting into a little bigger picture view too soon here on the show. But I mean, him being on that bench unit is the perfect fit because that that second unit just mm. really needs a guy who can go get his own offense and just kind of make stuff happen. And I, I think he, he's a great fit there right now. But um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you with, with pretty much
0: everything you said. There's no other way to slice this. Tonight, Denver went into a very good Indiana team. They fell behind big. I think – what was the biggest lead for Indiana? 14 points. And that's first quarter, by the way. Um, And then Denver – like Michael Porter Jr., I don't want to say he won the game because there were some other guys that stepped up. We'll talk about them in the next segment. But Michael Porter Jr. pretty much won the game for them. I mean, he – 11 for 12 shooting and just the run that he went on. And by the way, 25 points? He only played 23 minutes. (laughs) Over a point per minute when he was on the court. It's it's pretty remarkable that a guy that has played as little as he has, that's a rookie, can win a game against a very, very good team. I think Indiana is the nuggets of the Eastern Conference. Definitely. So as good as Denver is in the West, Indiana's that good in the East. This was I, I, I you can't overstate how impressive of a game this was from Michael Porter Jr. We saw it. We saw what makes him so special.
1: And I mean like you said, he got twenty five points in twenty three minutes tonight. This was another reason why it was just a vintage Porter performance because he's always filled it up as a scorer. And before this game, he was averaging over 19 points per 36 minutes. Obviously, that that average is going to go up after this game.
0: So in the locker room, he gets doused with water, which I think is really, really cool because this is a team. One of the great strengths of the Denver Nuggets in the Tim Conley, Michael Malone era is that these guys really do root for each other. Um, and obviously, one of the problems with this team is that there's so many talented players that some people aren't getting minutes. You know, the Tory Craigs out there, Malik Beasley's the DNP. So for them to kind of be this excited for him, I thought it was a really special moment. Then you had Juancho and Gomez, apparently, according to Mike Singer, <laughs> screaming during Michael Porter Jr.'s interview, you're a horse, you're an effing horse. And then he starts neighing. <laughs> like, just what the... You know, the, the scene from, from there, it's a shame we couldn't have been on the ground there because the scene there just seems like an absolute riot. And then, of course, Michael Malone after the game just – Malone is in a, such an interesting spot with MPJ because he clearly sees the talent and he clearly sees like with, with great talent comes even tougher coaching job. And I think Malone tonight was one of those nights where he's just like it, – it was the good – the, the the good side of the coin with MPJ where it's like, oh, yeah, I get to coach this dude that just does things that very few people on Earth and the history of Earth are very capable of doing. Yeah,
1: no, the Gatorade shower was well-warranted, and um, I mean it was just well-warranted because think about what this kid's been through over the last two years, man. Going from the top prospect <laughs> in high school to you know, not playing in college, not playing his rookie season, having to just sit on the bench every year while Denver won 54 wins, having to fight for every minute. This guy's never fought for minutes before, you know. Porter's never been like in a position battle before. He's always been assured that he was you know, playing most of the game, and for him to go through all those tests and really pass most, if not all, of them, and uh, to get to this point, I mean, he he deserves a, a Gatorade shower for that.
0: Absolutely deserves it. You know what else he deserves?
1: A vanilla Porter Jr. He definitely deserves a Vanilla Porter Jr. Um, I, I think we all deserve a Vanilla Porter Jr. <laughs> I definitely deserve a Vanilla
0: Porter Jr. <laughs> this is a Vanilla Porter Jr. kind of night. Nice. It definitely is.
1: Yeah, guys, check out the uh, Vanilla Porter Jr. and all of the Breck brews from uh, from Breck Brewing. And one of the great sponsors here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Really on, on everything we do he, over here at DNVR. And... I want to remind you guys that Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month. If you download their app, you can enjoy a six pack for only $7.99 uh, all month long. So check out all your favorite Breck Brews. Check out Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits uh, for all your beer, wine, and spirits needs uh, this week, this weekend as well. And before we go any further, you can
0: even drink 25 of them. <laughs> To celebrate
1: tonight's 25 point performance. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Before we go any further, Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance. Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303 646 6765, they'll give you the DNVR hookup, save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. Did you watch Porter's post-game interview on the court with Katie Wenge? I did. He is so calm, cool, and collected. Like like he's (laughs) been throughout his entire rookie season. I don't know, man. If I just scored... 25 on 10 of 11 shooting and had another career high like i'd be going crazy in a post-game interview but i mean he is just so collected
0: i'm very impressed with him i've been all year um you know he still i still don't feel like i have a great read on on his personality or character or any of those things but um as far as just the situation he's been placed in being as great as he's been having those back injuries having first of all think about this how many 19 year old or 18 year olds could have two back surgeries and not like gain a ton of weight so first of all just the like diet discipline of him we all know the stories about the veganism or whatever but the fact that he's had to train for two years and come back from this injury and looks the way that he does it's it's just impressive and then carrying himself this way let's talk about the game though because This was, there was a lot of actually really interesting things that happened in this one. The first, Jokic was absolutely miserable in the first half of this game. This was the first time in two years, two, yeah, two years and two months that Jokic has not recorded a single assist. Um, Yeah, only the third time in
1: his career or since his rookie season, third time since his rookie season.
0: That's really wild. And I thought that today, especially in that first half, I'll be honest, Harrison, if it weren't for this MPJ breakout game, this would have been a bit of a very concerning game for me because I thought Jokic looked uncharacteristically down. We, you know, we, We've been talking about this three- or four-week run he's been on where it looks like he's turned a corner, and we've talked about, okay, is this him looking in the mirror or whatever. Tonight, the body language and nonverbals for him, both on the court and on the bench, I thought were horrible.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He did not look like he was – too engaged tonight. Picked up some cheap fouls that a couple of them were kind of avoidable. Just did not have the same focus. It seemed did not play with the same edge, the same mindset that he's been playing with over the last couple of weeks. And we've been applauding the just kind of the locked in mindset he's had. And, and we all felt like he's kind of flipped a switch here, going back to after that Laker game and. Change up some things with his routine, uh, gotten refocused and just has, has been attacking every game with just such ferocity and tenacity. Uh, but yeah, we did not see that tonight. So uh, that was concerning. But I mean, this was a good Pacers team. And I was actually pretty impressed with how Indiana played really over the first half until kind of they looked a little stunned and shell-shocked by MPJ's run in the third. But yeah, yeah not a good uh, first half from Jokic.
0: Well, I talked. About, I put this on Twitter, and it was painfully true, but the Pacers play sort of like the Nuggets used to. I mean, they were passing the ball so well. Sabonis is sort of a Jokic stand-in, right? He's a very good passer, very smart player. He can post up. He just he can run your offense, and they kind of rely on him. And one of the ideas I've been kicking around, Harrison, I'm curious if, if you sort of see things the way I do, but Indiana, they're not as talented as Denver. They play a lot harder and they play a lot more together. And I think sometimes teams that aren't talented, they, they're forced to, especially when they have the types of skill set that Denver has. They're forced to try to play together. And I thought Denver, you know, all, really all season, but even for the last two seasons, It just seems like Denver knows they don't fully have to rely on each other. Every now and then they can go off script. And sometimes, like tonight in that first half, they're almost entirely off script. Thankfully, Jamal Murray in that first half is 6 of 10, has 17 points. He's pretty much on fire. But Jokic's stat line, 8 minutes, this is the first half, 8 minutes, 2 points, 1 rebound, 0 assists, 1 for 2 shooting. That's as bad of a first half or as a half as you're going to see from Jokic, period. He had three fouls. So to me, that first quarter was actually a little bit alarming. And maybe the MPJ feel-good moment kind of erases it. But at least to me, I look at it and I go, man, I, I, I just don't like anything that I saw there.
1: Well, I think it probably goes to show that for how many wins this team has piled up against you know below 500 teams as of late, uh, they're still probably not you know totally in the clear um but going back to what you were saying about indiana yeah i agree they play like the 2016-17 nuggets on offense before jamal murray murray really ascended to this fringe all-star you know level player that he is before gary harris really like developed a little bit into you know just developed a little bit of an iso game and like that step-back jumper that he goes to now and um You know, before Millsap got here, obviously. And one of my theories about why the Nuggets offense got off to such a slow start is because if you go back to last year, they had all the injuries. They really relied on the Jokic-Murray pick-and-roll. There just weren't as many mouths to feed last year and obviously the year before that there were at the beginning of this season when everybody was healthy. And that really wasn't the case last year. So that's kind of been one of my theories all along about why the offense got out on the wrong foot um it's because a lot of people got to get theirs on this team
0: well it's weird if you look at it so Jokic in the first half two points Murray 17 if you go the second half Jokic 20 points Murray 5 it's just almost like they can't I know we know this isn't true that Jokic Murray two-man game has really reached some some big heights but over the last you know 12 games or so it does feel like they almost alternate when they play well mm-hmm. and i don't know what's up with it i, I think it's re- too reductive to just be like well murray you know hijacks the offense too much or this or that like he's a very talented player and there are moments when he needs to hijack the offense but it just seems like something is a little bit off there denver's just so freaking talented that it 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 works out yeah man i, I
1: think there is something to that and uh, you know we we've kind of seen it all season I'm with you, I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not going to, you know, go all the way and obviously say those guys can't flourish together because we have seen it before like pretty much all of last season and into the playoffs, but uh yeah, it just seemed a little bit different this year.
0: But here's the thing that's so encouraging. So tonight Jokic I thought one of his worst games that we've seen since really the turnaround. Even though he finished with 22 points, um you know, those all came late and to his credit, Jokic in the fourth quarter was the go-to guy, and this is what they needed. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was four for four. He had eight points, but Jokic with 12 points on four of six shooting, and he got to the lot, the foul line four times, and it just felt like he felt so in control. One of the things that I think has really improved about his game this season, when he gets a little guy on him, he doesn't mess around. Like He just seems to know. He goes to that little right-handed, almost like a falling little jump hook Mm -hmm. do you know the one i'm talking about like on that left block and he did it in the houston game a couple of times he did it in this one he's done it a couple times in the clutch when a little guy gets stretched on him he just kind of goes to it and he knows i talked about this a little bit on on, an earlier episode but he just knows that you don't need anything fancy just shoot over the top and go into your best most comfortable shot and he did that in the fourth quarter tonight and he was the go-to scorer so he did have that moment but the point i was going to make harrison is Tonight, Mason Plumley was awesome. Yep, he stepped up, and this team. One of the things that makes them, I think, twenty four and ten, but has them at this record that they're at is Jokic is good. You know, eighty five percent of the time, which is down for him. It's usually like ninety five percent of the time. Jamal Murray is good, maybe fifty percent of the time. Gary Harris is now into like maybe thirty percent. Will Barton, like seventy percent. Mason Plumley, you know, so all these guys can step up and have big, major impact moments and. You just tonight you got it from Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, Barton, Harris. Plum. Like you just get contributions from different guys, and it's
1: a testament to their depth. And we have talked about how much this Nuggets second unit has sucked this season. It's probably been like Denver's biggest thorn in its side for really the majority of the year. But the fact of the matter is, while maybe those pieces haven't fit together as well as people thought they would and obviously as well as they did last year the nuggets are actually deeper than they were last year and and that's hard to believe i mean tory craig who played a much bigger role last season than he is this year and yeah. will probably play 15 to 20 minutes in the playoffs isn't in the rotation think? i think he will yeah well i mean i mean how, are you going to just not play him all year and then be like
0: hey it's playoff time you ready i mean come on
1: i mean if you're in a series against uh the, the lakers the rockets the clippers I, I think tory craig's definitely playing yeah
0: what denver does at the trade deadline is going to be so fascinating cuz i find that to be absolutely absurd because if you're going to play him then you need there needs to be a moment where it's like okay now you're in the rotation and Um, I, I just don't know. I I don't know who gets cut out. That's the big thing is I just don't see the guys that played tonight and say, Oh yeah, this is the guy whose minutes are about to be completely erased so that you can fit a guy like Torrey Craig into the rotation as good as he might be. Will Barton, by the way, 16 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, only four of 12 shooting his efficiency a little bit down, but, um, he did get to the foul line eight times, 16, 10 and five. He just does a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, this was a game that, Denver I did not I I I was certain this was a loss after that first quarter did you feel that way
1: yeah probably because like we were just saying Indiana's a really good team I mean they're 22 and 13 they're 15 and 4 at home I think they were on a six game winning streak they just kind of run their stuff again like the Nuggets have done and still do but um I mean, Indiana really, really makes you work to beat them. Like, Jeremy Lamb was going in the first half in this one. Uh, he cooled off a little bit in the second half, too. Uh, when it comes to Barton, like, one of five from three, his three-point percentage is kind of diving here. We knew it wasn't going to stay hot forever, just like we knew Paul Millsap wasn't going to shoot 50% from three uh, from for the entire season. But, uh, I mean, Denver had other guys step up, which was big.
0: Let's take another break, though. On the other side, though, we're going to start. There's some big picture stuff I want to talk about um, now that this happened. I mean, we kind of saw a big three tonight. We kind of did. So I want to talk about that.
1: Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance. Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DMVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial. Don't forget, you got to call 303 646 6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.
0: So uh, before we get into this third segment, I really want to promote some of the stuff. I thought we have had a great last week or so of coverage across everything that we've been doing. Your article today, and we should probably touch on it a little bit, fantastic sort of interview on Vladko chanchar and um his relationship with Jokic. I, to me it was maybe my favorite thing that we've done on the site just because it felt it, it it seems to me like a thing that will when the season is over that'll be one of the beats we'll talk about oh yeah Vladko chanchar played a role and it was a big role in kind of getting Jokic out of the slump mm-hmm. um what just tell me about your process of talking to Vlatko and what you what you kind of read about him.
1: Yeah, so I mean the the crux of the article was pretty much that like Vlatko and Nikola have, have a really strong relationship um f- for a couple different reasons. Like they're both from obviously Eastern Europe, the Balkan region. They both speak the same language which, which is a big thing. I mean is the only guy on this team that speaks Serbian other than Jokic and uh, director, of player development, Ogi Stoyakovic does as well, but you know Vlaco is the only guy on this roster other than Jokic that speaks Serbian,
0: and Jokic is like very—I don't know how to say this—like very into his Serbian culture, right? Like, I mean, to to him it means I think a little bit more than say to Wancho having somebody that speaks Spanish, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean. Wancho and Jokic are, are both obviously from you know, other parts of the world. They're both international guys, but when you can speak Jokic's language, I feel like that puts you on a different level.
0: One of the things, so we I just did the big thing on Enat over on the Locked On Nuggets podcast, which I highly recommend people check out if you have not already. It was a fantastic sort of discussion that I feel like really shed some light. Like I felt like I learned a lot about Jokic through some of those conversations, but one of the things about this term E-not, um, that again it's almost too complex for me just to kind of summarize, but one of the things I, I think I sort of gather with Jokic is that he's extremely, I would say, not not slow to change, but like he sort of likes who he is, his faults, like every every part of his sort of being, and he wants to win his way, which I think is a is is a good thing, like. I am this way, my my faults and my positives, and I want to, um, you know, it, but I'm going to make it work. So there's this, like, stubbornness and resiliency sort of baked into who he is, which I think can be – a. it's not necessarily a negative thing, but I do wonder if there's a little bit of just somebody being able to help him harness that characteristic and that trait in a way that's positive. And that's why I found the – your article talks about – Vladko Chanchar sort of talking trash to Jokic, knowing exactly what he was doing. Like he was trying to sort of ignite something in him. And to me, that's that it, it, it's like I understand him better now than I think I ever did.
1: Yeah. So those two have a relationship. And like this is Vladko Chanchar, a rookie, a 21 year old rookie who ha- has a good enough relationship with the Nuggets Max, all NBA big man, their franchise cornerstone that he could actually talk trash to him during a game and pretty much push his buttons and you know you know make Jokic play better you know get him to just get him to come out of halftime and play and, and play better it, it was like incredible listen to Vlako retell this story about how earlier this season in Orlando Jokic had this terrible first half he was getting outplayed by Nikola Vucevic um, who actually ironically enough Jokic is also really close with and uh, right. <laughs> De- De- Denver was down five points at halftime. The Nuggets go into the locker room, and uh, Vladka is at the locker right next to Jokic and kind of says under his breath, Damn, I didn't know Nikola Vucevic was that good. He says it in Serbian. So Jokic is – Like under his – Oh, yeah. yeah. Under
0: his breath, but not really. Right.
1: Like just loud enough so he could hear He's him. like looking at the box score. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know Nikola Vucevic is that good. So he says it in Serbian. Nikola is the only guy in the locker room who can understand him, obviously. Oh. And then Jokic goes out and absolutely dominates the second half, scores like 20-plus points, holds Vucevic to like seven, and the Nuggets win the game. So that was the, the one big example. There's been others throughout the year like that. Um, but Chancher just kind of knows how to push Jokic's buttons, and um, I-, I just, yeah, thought it was fascinating.
0: So tonight, the Indiana crowd starts chanting overrated at Jokic, which I found really interesting. Like, you know, we see this stuff online, but I've never seen an arena sort of like come together for something like that, and he look, in his first half, he was terrible, and I think Jokic kind of went to the pouty side, but I, I also think that hearing that pissed him off. And a pissed-off Jokic is a good Jokic. Mm-hmm. So um, I just – I don't know. I don't want to overstate it, but I do think there's something there with Jokic. The, the the thing is, he's got to learn how to harness it. He, I, I As much as it was cool to see him turn it on the second half, he can't have first halves like the one that he had or else Denver's going to end up losing some games they shouldn't. Um, but some other things tonight. So how – I was – I don't know what you thought, but after that 10-game, I know it was only 8 of 10 at home, but we'll call it a 10-game homestand. After that 10-game stretch, I kind of thought, okay, that was MPJ's shot. He was good, not great, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just played through January and then was kind of done and on the shelf for the rest of the year. Over these last four games, the very end of it, now I think the the, the script has flipped a little bit. Now I look at it and I go, man... I think maybe he gets a, a longer leash, and maybe if he has a bad first stint, that doesn't mean he's not going to play in the second half now. Now that you see, he can score 25 points, and when you have games where you have three players in scoring 20 points, you're going to win, even when you don't play perfectly. So I wonder if this was a, um, what would what you call it, like a, uh, a the, the turning point game for him where now he's just always part of the rotation and it's not, well, if you play well, you'll play. What do you think?
1: Man, that's interesting. This this might sound crazy, but I still think there's a scenario out there and this could happen, you know, over the next couple of weeks where, you know, he plays okay or just like kind of plays average in, in in the first half and doesn't play in the second half. I I could still see honestly a scenario like that developing, but I'm with you that he he is going to get more of a trial run in this rotation here over the next month or two. Before Denver really settles in on what their playoff rotation will look like. And um it, it, the reason why he'll probably he's gonna get more of a trial run here, because I'm with you. I thought that homestand was really gonna be you know his make or break point if he's gonna be in this rotation for the rest of the season. Yeah. And what he did over you know, the last couple games of that homestand definitely changed that. But he kind of
0: checks a couple boxes for the Nuggets. That they, that they don't need. have currently checked right now. <laughs> exactly. That's what's so great about it. It's not like he's filling some redundant role.
1: Right. He's one of their best shooters right now. And we know shooting is something this team needs. And I mentioned this at the top. But on that second unit, they needed somebody who can just create. And they've been you know, maybe putting Jamal Murray with that group some. Maybe putting Will Barton with that group a little bit. Just guys who can create something out of nothing mpj does that probably better than jamal murray or will barton right now and so i think he is a great fit
0: on that second unit and he's got so much to learn let's not let's not kid ourselves he's still very much a rookie like what's so impressive about him is tonight he gets 25 points on 12 shots and it's like man, there's so much more to his game to be unlocked once he just really learns the game. I mean, he has some great instincts for how to score, but wait till he learns how to, you know, make passes in the pick and roll. Right now, I wouldn't really consider him a pick and roll player. Wait till he becomes that. Works on his handle defensively once he gets unlocked. I just, you look at him and the sky's the limit. And what I like is you look at these upcoming games. No back to back, so you get one day off. I, there is some travel, so there'll there'll be some travel fatigue as this trip kind of rolls on, but. At Washington, well, he's really good friends with Isaiah Thomas, as we know. They have a history together, um, hailing, going all the way back to MPJ's high school days up in the in Seattle where Isaiah Thomas is from. Then you go to Atlanta. Well, him and Trey Young are best friends. So he's got two games. I'm not going to say they're going to be comfortable games, but he's got two games against familiar faces that I think he always looks forward to playing against, and he's riding a hot wave. Um, so I think he's set up for success. Here's his numbers, though, Harrison, after, over the last four games, of which Denver has now gone 3-1. 19 and a half minutes, so that's big, because he'd only played 19 minutes, I think, um, twice. Maybe only once prior to this last four-game stretch. So almost 20 minutes, 15.5 points, 74% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. This is an incredible four-game stretch that he is on.
1: It is, and I do want to go back to what you were saying about these next couple games because another reason why I think he can really excel on this second unit, I mean, who was he going up against tonight? Who was the Pacers' backup small forward? Doug McDermott? Like, Doug McDermott mm-hmm. at six foot six, six foot seven, has no chance at stopping MPJ and
0: barbecue chicken and, and
1: like backup small forwards in this league. I mean, we, we know the town in the NBA is at an all time high, but like I, I would feel pretty good trying to come out there against a lot of other backup small forwards. Who 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 even is like the Washington Wizards backup small forward Troy Brown Jr. or something? The Atlanta Hawks mm. uh, backup small forward. I just think that that's a really favorable matchup for the Nuggets.
0: You talk about that second unit. I actually really want to see Malone or Jokic and, and MPJ together as much as possible. In large part because I think MPJ's like best skills are going to be his cutting, and that's I just want to foster that. He's starting to ISO a little bit more, and, and he's so far picked his spots, but I don't want to highlight that part of his game too much. I want that to still be the counterpunch to everything else he does, and there's mm-hmm. no better way for a scorer to sort of get comfortable playing within a system than to play alongside Jokic, so I would love to see that. But to your point, tonight there were lineups that had Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley. Talk about length and athleticism. Mm. That's a s- extremely long group.
1: Well, yeah, and we talked about this Nuggets team not having length for the last two years, and uh, <laughs> it flipped quick. It, it flipped quick, and it could flip even more over the next couple of seasons. Uh, but I mean, MPJ at the three. Uh, we've talked about this all, all season long with his offensive rebounding. He, he's just so much taller than anybody that you know that that's defending him and he knows he can go to the offensive glass and just jump over guys for offensive rebounds he also has a great nose for the ball and uh, i think is really good at reading uh, uh shots and how they might bounce off the rim um but yeah i mean him him definitely, at the two or him at the three is. there's so much length
0: what I, I think his offensive rebounding is for real, and this is actually a thing that the Nuggets have been missing. They've been missing offensive rebounding. I, I think that's a big part of why their offense has sort of hit a bit of a stall is they're usually – offensive rebounding is such a, a – There's two pieces to it. I think Denver does a good job of stretching the defense out, bringing the bigs out on the perimeter. And when you do that and the shot goes up, now it's a free-for-all for for the basket, as opposed to most teams, the bigs are all inside and they have inside position. So Denver's offense, I think, lends itself to this, but you need some guys that are good at crashing the boards. Jeremy Grant, that's one of his big weaknesses. Um, Paul Millsap, somewhat the same thing. Michael Porter Jr., just elite as an offensive rebounder, and, and that's a huge part of his game. How sold are you on MPJ right now being – let me just put it this way. How sold are you on him being a piece of the rotation for the rest of the year?
1: How do you want me to to present this? A percentage? I will say 70%. How –
0: give me a percentage on his chance of being a starter at some point over the next 365 days.
1: I will say 55%.
0: Oh, man, I'm going to go like 85 I mean, I, to me, he's, it's so clear that he is a piece of this team, and I don't know that it happens this year. Uh, in fact, I don't think it will unless Denver got a wild hair and decided to trade a Barton or a, Tory, or, or a uh, Gary Harris or something like that just to clear room for him, but I don't expect they do that. But I think going into next year, it's, hey, why not? I mean, this guy is a part of the future. To me, he's a part of the future. So let me ask you that. What's a percentage that he's a part of the future of this team? In other words, that he is part of the quote-unquote big three, you know, one of the guys that you center your team around?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd go pretty high. I'd say like 70%. I mean, what he showed here with increased minutes, and that's another thing with MPJ he is more comfortable, he has more poise, he has more confidence with every minute that he plays, and it's scary to think about what that could look like at the end of this season, per
0: se, heading into next year. Is there anything else we missed with this? I mean, I hope we captured the excitement. This was an insane, like just, what, this was the most fun I've had all year. Watching the Never Nuggets. And I don't think it's particularly close. Jokic's game winner against Philadelphia was a great fourth quarter. And that was a lot of fun. So maybe like if you just said that moment. But when you talk about a whole game, to me, Denver, it, it, it didn't, I, I don't want to say that felt like they were bumping up against their ceiling, but it kind of felt like they had stalled a little bit. Like just something had gotten bland and boring and this team just was going through the motions. Tonight was one of those ones where it's like, oh, yeah, we have this whole other weapon we haven't even unlocked and we got to play with. There's a new toy we got to play with tonight. And, oh, by the way, this toy is awesome.
1: It was also the most exciting because MPJ is just must-see TV. He's he he's is. absolutely must-see TV whenever he's out there. You really never know what he's going to do. Is he going to pull up for three in transition? Is he gonna take his guy to the rack? Is he gonna let loose one of those ridiculous step back jumpers? Like he's must see TV. Monte Morris dubbed him Showtime earlier this season, and I mean he's just living up to that nickname.
0: And he he's a guy that gets hot. Like Jamal Murray sometimes gets like this, but he was like when he got hot tonight, that step back three was such a like oh I can't miss. I'm NBA Jam. I'm on fire. As long as I can get a shot off, it's going in. And I, I. it's funny. You just did another fantastic piece you had this week, the 20 predictions for 2020, and you put in there that you think he'll score 30. He almost did it tonight. Yeah, That was almost a prediction that expired in one day. Um, but he's a guy that's capable of 30 just because once he gets like seven, eight points, it just starts to snowball for him.
1: And another prediction I had in there is that next season, the Nuggets have a different starting lineup. And um, well, I know I only went like 55, 60 percent that it's MPJ. But, I mean, he, he's obviously just kind of just sitting there flirting. And, and, and like I said, I can't imagine what it's going to feel like
0: at the end of the season if he keeps having some more nights like this. If you, you guys, if you're not subscribed to DNBR, I don't. What are you doing? You're wasting the season. You're wasting it. There's so many great things going on. The Buffs just beat the number four Oregon Ducks. Um, CU men's basketball is back. I know you're a CU guy. They're they're back.
1: Yeah, they're back, and they got a couple pro prospects, I, I think, on that team. But um, yeah, they got a great well, there
0: squad. You go. CU football is back. They're they that too. I, I don't know how they're doing it, money, but they are getting some players left and right right they're, now. They're, like they're trying, Adam.
1: they they're trying for the first time in a while.
0: Well, there you go. Um, but you, and then just, I'm really proud of the coverage that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, the list is, is the thing that I do these deep dives on the game. Had a deep dive on Bull Bull. Who, by the way, if you're enjoying the Michael Border Junior. experience. Uh, I, I think we're a year away from the Bull Bull experience yeah. that is kind of kind of mirror this one. Maybe, who knows if the highs can be as high? Although Bull, I don't know if Bull Bulls a volume scorer like MPJ is, but I think he's a volume great play guy. Like. He's a guy that block shot, three-pointer, you know, just crazy, like crazy stuff. I think he's a guy that can string together some plays where you really um, go crazy. There's, what are you doing wasting? There's so much great stuff on our site. Of course, the Denver Broncos had an exciting end to their season and now set up a very interesting offseason. Um, Nolan Arradato, is he on the trade block? Lots of good stuff. So you're going to want to subscribe just $5 a month. You get access to all of our premium content, and then you just get part of the club. You join the family, and, and there's all kinds of cool stuff that we're doing. We have a watch party next Wednesday the 8th. Shit's going to be lit.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you guys don't you don't want to miss out on what's transpiring this season and uh, what what could be kind of I, I think actually Wancho and on Gomez said this at the end of last year, but the beginning of, of what can be you know a contending window for this team. You don't want to miss out on what goes into you know everything that's happened this season and you know what could eventually come out of it at the end. So yeah, if you're not, if you're not a member, sign up and. I don't think we've had anybody say like, "Oh man, I've signed up for a subscription and it's just not what I've wanted."
0: The opposite. People have been pumped. Somebody said that they, when they subscribed, they because of the bull bull piece, they subscribed, and then he's like, "I went and watched every episode of the list," wow. which I think is hilarious. It's <laughs> a great so, afternoon. <laughs> um, it's probably like honestly like eight hours worth of video that I've. I don't, I don't know how I should probably look that up. How many hours of video I have clipped together of the Nuggets so far this season? Um. But no, definitely check it out. It's going to be great. You know what, You know what, Harrison, what this game did? I am now excited for every Denver Nuggets game in a way I haven't been quite. I mean, I'm still always excited for another Nuggets to play, but I'm extra excited now. It's kind of like I got that old feeling again. Mm. I can't wait to see Michael Porter Jr. back on the court.
1: Uh, I-, I can't either. And the way this schedule shapes up, like I was just saying, he's kind of got an opportunity to have a, to have a couple big nights like he did tonight.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, get us out of here, Harrison.
1: Yeah, guys, before we get out of here, you may or may not know that taking care of your teeth is pretty important, but our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.